welcome to The Safety Plan, the show where I cover the latest cyber scam and how to avoid it on LCC Connect. Voices, vibes, vision. I'm Paul Schwartz, and I'm happy that you are here. Let's do this. This morning, my daughter was singing a song, VeggieTales theme song, and now that song is stuck in my head. I, I guarantee you've heard of it. Broccoli, celery, gotta be VeggieTales. <clears throat> Lima beans, collard greens, PG Keen, VeggieTales. Cauliflower, sweet and sour, half an hour, VeggieTales. But my kid was singing with cybersecurity words, so it went something like this. Unemployment fraud, malware, gotta be FishyTales. Gas pump scams, empty bank accounts, and more malware, FishyTales. Credit card theft, wire transfers, billions lost, FishyTales. <laughs> well, obviously the college has allowed me budgetless artistic freedom on this show, and I will take advantage of that position. So, welcome to the safety plan. Here's the format. First, I will describe a real-world cyber scam like phishing or malware or the IRS imposter scam or scareware or one of the many, many, many other cyber scams. Second, I will then explain why it could happen to you. And third, how to protect yourself so it doesn't happen to you. So why should you listen to the safety plan episodes? First, as a leader, I want to share my cybersecurity knowledge with you so that you can hopefully learn and grow and become inspired by it. Second, a community knowledgeable on cyber scams will not fall for them in the future. Third, if people start practicing good cyber practices in their lives and at home, then they practice those same skills at work, which makes your business or company or local community college more secure. Win, win, win. Okay, I'm Paul Schwartz, and I work at Lansing Community College as the Director of Information Security. I coordinate security issues for the college, things like data breach coordination, account compromise investigations, vulnerability scanning of our network, you know, implementing projects to improve the college's security, and training our users on cybersecurity. I've worked in cybersecurity for 27 years, which includes 20 years in the Air Force before ending up at Lansing Community College. I have multiple computer monitors at work, so people think I know stuff, which proves I am smart. S-M-R-T smart. Now, it's time for the cybersecurity roundup. Let's focus on today's topic, sextortion. Lansing Community College employees are regularly cyber attacked using sextortion. Sextortion is a type of fraud where the criminals threaten the release of fake sexual images or false information that the victim in order to coerce them into paying a Bitcoin demand. It usually starts with the criminal sending an email to a victim threatening to send pornographic images and other compromising information to the victim's family, friends, coworkers, or social network contacts unless a Bitcoin ransom is paid. Often the scam email informs victims that their webcams were hacked and used to make recordings of them visiting porn sites. To create the appearance of real danger, the message is filled with details from the victim's life, collected from a personal blog or from a social network account. Sometimes it has one of the victim's passwords harvested from a previous data breach. Well, let me explain that a little bit further. So we have um, you know, numerous data breaches. You've probably heard about them in the news over the last you know, few decades, say Home Depot and Target and Yahoo and so forth. Criminals know that users rarely change their passwords. It's called password reuse. And they know also that you reuse your credentials. So that's your username. So typically people use their personal email address as the username for a lot of accounts. And they use that same password at a lot of accounts. So if they breached one of those, they've got a high chance that you use it on all your other accounts to include your email and so forth. And so they'll include that username and password 
in the email in an attempt to establish authenticity. The goal is to make users fear that their computers might have actually been hacked and used to observe and record potentially compromising actions. Let me read uh, you a real-life example of a sextortion email. The sender's account is usually, uh, you know, in this case, it's a free account, you know, you know, such as like a Gmail or Outlook, some account you can get without with a little effort, or they, the criminals could be using a compromised account. A compromised account is one the criminals have gained access to and are using it to perpetuate fraud or further phishing. Criminals gain access to email accounts through, you know, phishing or stolen credentials, uh, you know, credentials being the username and passwords, or they could be guessing the username and password, or, you know, as I mentioned earlier, credential reuse, or from malware, what are many, many other techniques to get access to people's email accounts. Also, the criminal might be just pretending that they've compromised your account. And so they can do that by changing and, and falsifying that sender's email address and the display name of it. So both of those can be manipulated to be whatever the criminal wants to use. And so criminals like to make it look like that email is coming from your own account to give it further legitimacy that they've hacked your account. But they're just faking that display name and that email address to make it look like they're already in your email account. Okay, so here's the email. Greetings. I monitored your device on the net for a long time and successfully managed to hack it. It was not difficult for me as I have been in this business for a long time. When you visited a pornography site, I was able to put a virus on your computer. That gave me full access to your device, namely your camera, microphone, phone calls, messages, what happens on your screen, phone book, passwords to all social networks, etc. Okay, I want to talk about this paragraph for a second. The second most common way uh, to deliver malware is through website visits. And what happens is when you go to a website, if it's been compromised or it's you know some random malicious website, there is automatic communication that goes on between your browser and that website server. And this is without your intervention at all. And so if you have vulnerabilities on your computer or it's a malicious site that wants to push malware to you, that automatically starts and downloads that malware onto your computer and then starts scanning for other software vulnerabilities or other weaknesses and, and uh, moving sideways, it's called, looking for you know, further compromising um, you know, channels and, and elevating the privileges and so forth. And this can all happen without your intervention, just by visiting a website, if it's malicious. Here, let's go on to the next sentence of this sextortion email. To hide my virus, I've written a special driver, which is, just means software, which is updated every few hours and makes it impossible to detect. Now, this is um, somewhat of a lie. Um, and software can you know, call back out to the internet if you have an internet connection uh, and update itself without your intervention. Uh, but making it impossible to detect is not possible because um, you could set up you know, Wireshark or some other monitoring software and be able to detect this type of behavior. But most people don't have that. So the, the criminal is just implying that you know, they have the you know, total control of the situation and you can't stop it and detect it. The next sentence is, that's how I obtained your username, Smith. P and password pencil one. Now those are fake username and passwords. But again, like I mentioned earlier, 
the criminal got those from a data breach and is putting this in their sextortion email in order to make it seem more legit that they've actually compromised your account. And typically this works with a lot of users because they reuse their passwords and don't ever change them. And so um, when the criminal mentions your username and password, it's probable that you're still using it. And that, that makes the victim think, oh, this criminal really has got my information. Here's the next slide. I captured video of your screen and camera and edited a video of you naked in one part of the screen and a pornographic video that you opened at that moment in the other part of the screen. Okay, so I've seen this also a technique where the criminals will say, go to your LinkedIn profile or your Facebook page and take your pictures, say your headshot, and then Photoshop it onto a pornographic image or video. And they would use that uh, as leverage um, and, and, and threaten you to either pay the ransom or or extortion, or they're going to email that to your coworkers and your, your spouse and, and family and your, your grandma. And, and so in order to protect your, re, your reputation of this false claim, you may want to uh, pay the ransom. Uh, again, this is all fake. Uh, the next line is, I can safely send any data from your device to the internet, as well as anyone who is recorded in your contacts, messages, and social networks. I can also give anyone access to your social networks, emails, and messengers. Uh, so this is uh, somewhat true and false. Uh, if they've infiltrated your computer, yes, they have access to the data on it, uh, potentially. And um, But... Uh, giving access to other accounts uh, if you reuse uh, your credentials is possible, but hopefully you have unique passwords and usernames for all these accounts so that and, and kept those in a password manager that the criminal hasn't had access to. So that will not be possible. Here's the next line. If you don't want me to do it, then transfer $1,000 to my Bitcoin wallet. My Bitcoin wallet address is BC11. It's a, it's a series of 26 letters and numbers is how the Bitcoin works. I give you 48 hours to transfer the money. Otherwise, I will perform the above. The timer started automatically as soon as you open the email. And I am also automatically notified when this email is open. Now, that is technically true. Um, if you opened up the email and then took action such as like downloading images in it, there could be an image in there, which is what we call an in information security as a beacon pixel, uh, which will then communicate from your browser to the malicious server. And that would inform the criminal that you have read the email. Um, and so that would, uh, you know, then the criminal could say at that point, I'll start this 48 hour clock. So that I guess technically could be possible. Here's the next line. If you do not know how to transfer money and what Bitcoin is type buy Bitcoin into Google. So here the criminal is trying to provide a little bit of customer support and that most people don't know how, what Bitcoin is, how to buy it, how to transfer it and so forth. So they're, they're trying to give some instructions there. As soon as I receive a transfer of the required amount, the system will automatically inform me about the received payment and offer to delete from my servers all the data I receive from you. And therefore, I will confirm the deletion. So here we go. The criminal's now asking for you to trust them. And even though they've maliciously attacked you and taken your data, they promise, cross their heart and little pinky swear, that they will delete any of the data they've taken from you and not resell it and not further extort you. So there's a, a big bridge to cross there, whether you trust the criminal or not. Uh, here's the next line. Do not try to complain anywhere. As a purse or Bitcoin wallet does not track, mail from where the letter came from is not tracked and created automatically. So there's no point in writing to me. Again, a lot of broken English here and uh, grammar uh, issues here. So perhaps English isn't the first language of this uh, criminal. 
If you try to share this email with anyone, the system will automatically send a request to the servers and they will proceed to upload all the data to social networks. So um, this is very technically tough. Unless the criminal is sitting in your email account or monitoring the sent items, I'm not sure how they would know that you've shared this email with anyone. Also, changing passwords in social networks mail device will not help you because all data is already downloaded to the clusters of my server. Um, so that, that could be true that they've taken all your data. And so changing your passwords at that point won't help, but they will help further perpetuate and get the criminal out of your accounts by changing, um, you know, the passwords to all your accounts. Uh, again, this is all fake, so that probably won't help anything. Um, but, um, good advice on part of the criminal saying, don't take any actions to prevent this, um, which is, um, definitely in the criminal's interest. And the final line, good luck and don't do anything stupid. So. A good, uh, good sextortion example there. Last year, I responded to a particularly intense sextortion incident at Lansing Community College. The criminals created pornographic image videos and an elaborate storyline uh, with the victim's personal details, which the criminal pulled from Facebook and LinkedIn and Lansing Community College web pages. The criminals also visited a website like whitepages.com, where the victims, well, and everyone's personal data, such as phone numbers and addresses and relationships, ages, emails, criminal records, financial info, so forth, it's all displayed on these websites like whitepages.com. The criminals used free texting services and even coordinated a robocall service to contact the victim and his coworkers and his spouse and, you know, all of her coworkers. So the more the criminal can contact and embarrass, it, it would definitely be leverage on the reputation of the victim uh, to try and get them to pay. The attackers set up fake LinkedIn accounts and connected to the victim's LinkedIn contacts to continue the spread of fake pornographic images and attack, you know, the victim's professional reputation. The criminals used free anonymous email accounts to send threatening emails around the clock to over 130 of the victim's coworkers. The LCC uh, Information Security Office, which I uh, head up, we coordinated the incident response for this uh, with three different police departments in the FBI. Now, this could happen to anyone, and there is little we can do to stop it. We can block the email address, but the criminals can just create another one and continue their attacks. Anyone can create as many free email accounts as they want at you know Gmail or Hotmail or Outlook and so forth without identification. So if you get a sextortion email, I recommend the following. First, don't click on anything such as links or attachments or images or download those or images or if they provide an encrypted attachment with the password in the email, don't enter it into the, into the attachment because that, that could trigger further uh, malware. Second, don't reply or engage with the sender. Third, report the email to your company's or your internet providers, your internet service providers help desk uh, for incident response. File a police report with your local police department. Suspend your social networking accounts. You know, change your passwords on um, accounts as a precaution. Conduct antivirus scans on all your devices. You know, such as your phone and your personal and your work computers. Um, enable two-factor authentication on any account where it is available. So when you go to change those passwords, check to see if two-factor authentication is possible and set that up. And particularly, this is important if you, you, you reuse passwords. Definitely, you need unique passwords on all your accounts. And, and finally, maybe consider alerting your coworkers and family and friends of the attack. You know, get this step ahead of the criminal before the criminal starts contacting your coworkers and family and friends. Okay, well... 
That's a wrap of today's Safety Plan episode. If you have any questions or have been a victim of CyberScam, tell me about it by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu. Or you can find more info and past episodes of the Safety Plan on the internet at lcc.edu connect. This episode of the Safety Plan was recorded by Paul Schwartz in the TLC Tower in downtown Lansing Community College and produced by Lane Ingram and engineered by Big D Dedalian. I'm Paul Schwartz, and this is LCC Connect. Voices, vibes, vision. So long.